Hey there, this is Michael Burris. I'm the lead pastor of Summit View Church in Irving, Kentucky, and this is our podcast. I hope this podcast encourages you, I hope it inspires you, and I hope it helps you to start seeing your life from God's perspective. Thanks for joining us today. Now enjoy the message. in our final week of our series, Wilderness Survival God. Have you guys been enjoying this series uh, so far the past few weeks? Good, 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 good. Um, because you got to know how to survive the wilderness. You know what I mean? Like, you're going to go through wilderness in your life, the, a wilderness season. And our whole series has been geared towards the idea um, out of the book of Exodus. We follow the people of Israel, God's chosen nation, and a man named Moses that's leading them. And we follow them all throughout Exodus, and we learn the principles that God is teaching his nation at the time, his chosen people, um, about how to worship him and how to really live a life that, that is above and beyond the average life, that God wants more for your life than just to survive, that God wants you to thrive in life. Not so that you can just have a great life, but so that the goodness of God that is on your life can overflow to the people that are around you, that you can make a, a difference in their lives as well. In fact, talking about an overflowing life, Jesus said this in John chapter 10, verse 10. He said, the thief comes, the enemy comes only in order to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That he wants your life to be nothing, But I have come, the Son of God has come, the Savior of the world, the Messiah that they've been waiting for for thousands of years has come that you might have life and that you might have life in all its fullness, that God wants you to have an abundance of his goodness in your life. God doesn't want you just to survive. God wants you to thrive. This morning, if you would, if you've got your Bibles, you can turn in them. If you've got your phones, you can swipe. If not, you can catch it on the screens beside me. To Exodus chapter 35 as we're wrapping up this series today. Exodus chapter 35, starting in verses in verse 4. And we're going to read all the way through verse 19, so bear with me. There's a little chunk here. But I, wanna, I want to, uh, I'm no stranger to Chunky, if you know what I mean. Anyway, sorry. Um, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read these verses. I want us to catch everything that, that is here. And it says this. It says, Moses said to the whole Israelite community, this is what the Lord has commanded. From what you have, from what you possess, right, take an offering for the Lord. Everyone who's willing to bring to the Lord an offering of gold, silver, and bronze, blue and purple and scarlet yarn and fine linen, goat hair, ram skins dyed red, and another type of durable leather. I don't know what type of durable leather that is. It just must be a mystery. I don't know. Uh, Acacia wood, olive oil for the light, spices for the anointing oil and the fragrant incense, and onyx stones and other gems to be mounted on the ephod in the breast Piece. That is, the, the breast piece is something that the priest would wear, the ephod in the breast piece. The priest would wear that as they're going into the temple to meet with God's presence. And all who are skilled among you. So first he says, if you have these, bring, bring these um, because God wants to use your resources to do something. And then he goes on and says, all who are skilled among you are to come and make everything that the Lord has commanded. The tabernacle with its tents and its coverings, clasps, frames, crossbars, posts, and bases. 
the ark with its poles and the atonement cover and the curtain that shields it, the table with its poles and all its articles and the bread of the presence, the lampstand that is for light with its accessories, lamps and oil for the light, the altar of incense with its poles, the anointing oil and the fragrant incense, the curtain for the doorway at the entrance of the tabernacle, the altar of burnt offering with its bronze grating, its poles and its all its utensils, the bronze basin with its stand. I'm, I'm, y'all bear with me. This is a lot. The curtains, I don't expect you. There's going to be a quiz right after this. You remember everything that the Lord said to me. The curtains, I've already failed. The curtains with the courtyards and its posts and bases and the curtain for the entrance to the courtyard. The tent pegs for the tabernacle and for the courtyard. And their ropes, the woven garments worn for ministering in the sanctuary. Both the sacred garments for Aaron the priest and the garments for his sons when they serve as priests. So what what is happening here is the Lord is saying to people, hey... These are the things that if you have the resources, I want you to bring them to build the temple. And then he he speaks to another group of people and he says, And all you who are are skilled laborers, I want you to come and take these things that are brought from some and assemble them and use your skill in order to build the temple. And and, in this time... It's funny because if you guys don't know, we're we're a pretty we're a, what we call a portable church here at Summit View. That means like we have uh, we were um, setting up and tearing down. We don't have to do it anymore for uh, unless we choose to. Thank God. But we are setting up all this stuff and taking it back down every Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. And we're what what we're called a portable church. We don't have a building that we own or a building that we you know that we had rented for um, a prolonged period of time, anything like that. But But essentially what God is saying here is he's building a portable church. Like he's building what's called the tabernacle, which was a portable uh, place where his presence would rest in the temple. And it would be surrounded by this courtyard and there'd be so much to it as you just just saw in this. There's so much that goes into it. But but I want to tell you that God cared enough and it's, it's great that we meet in this portable church, but God cares enough about the specifics of things that he wants it done right. If he's doing it, he's going to do it the right way. And so he's bringing gold and bronze and silver and all of the jewels and all of the yarn and all of the, the hot commodities of the day. He says, I want my temple to be the best thing that people have seen, even if it's portable. I want it to be the best thing that people have seen. So if you have the resources, bring the resources. If you've got the skills, bring the skills. But all of them are going to contribute to building what I've called you to build. It's Memorial Day weekend. doesn't feel like it. It's rainy and it's kind of cold. So uh, sorry for those of you that had planned a weekend at the lake. But it's Memorial Day weekend. And that means that my favorite part, there are going to be some great cookouts. There's going to be some good food. And who, who here is going to a cookout? I'm going to a cookout. Y'all aren't eating enough, okay? Somebody invite these people to a cookout, please. As, the, as your, your mamma say, you need to put some meat on them bones. Don't say that to me. Uh, sorry, fat kid. Jeez. So, <laughs> but I love a good cookout. I love, the, I love when the family gets together. I'm getting kind of soft in my older, as I progress through the years, I find myself crying more and more. And uh, just the other week, I found myself crying because the family was all assembled there in the living room and people were building little kids' toys together and it was great. And I was just, I got choked up 
but I love that the family, they all get together and everybody just brings a dish with them. You know, mom and dad usually take care of the meat, but everybody brings a side dish and hopefully all the dishes are properly seasoned. I don't know. Some of y'all ain't been to nobody but a white person cookout before. You don't know what seasoning is. Just saying. If you only season it with salt, it is not seasoned. I'm just saying. Anyway. Hopefully it's all good and seasoned. The food is good. The family's there. Everybody's having a good time. And then you have that one person. You know who I'm talking about. The one that comes to every single family gathering. They don't miss it. But there is one thing missing. Seasoning. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) There's the one thing missing when they come. The food that they were supposed to bring. There's always that person. They come, and it's the same person every single time, and they never bring a dish. Most likely, they leave early so they don't have to stay around for the cleanup, too. He said, I got here late. I might as well leave early to balance it out. You know what I mean? Could be a woman. I don't know. I don't know if you, if you know anybody like this that you might see him tomorrow. Um, if you don't, then either your family doesn't have enough cookouts, or you may be that person. Okay, <laughs> done. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. Most people get frustrated with that person. The reason why? Because society values contribution. What what can someone bring to the table that's going to benefit other people? The value of contribution. Societies are built on it. In in the early stages, it's even more important that, that, that... Hundreds of, uh, hundreds of years ago, think about when our nation was founded. Hundreds and hundreds of years ago, cities were created. You know uh, how, how they came to grow and thrive? It started with everyone contributing to the betterment of the city. And it was, so it was even more important then. If you weren't pulling your weight, you probably, uh, the, the city wouldn't, it wouldn't exist if everybody didn't pull their weight. And today is no different. You have cities, you have organizations, you have sports teams, families. They live on each person's individual contributions. The the health of whatever it might be depends on the contribution of the people that are associated with it. It's, It's very important. Societies thrive on it. But the kingdom of God is the same way. It's no different. In fact, I would propose that the the value of contribution was first originated by God. He created Adam and Eve. He said, hey, you got a job to do. Contribute to what I'm... Every... the, The trees in this world, the ecosystems, they all have a job to do. The trees produce oxygen so we can breathe. And then we breathe out uh, nitrogen so the trees can take it in. And, and everybody is contributing somehow in God's way of life. Humans are no different. And the passage that we read this morning shows us the value of contribution in God's kingdom. When the Israelites were freed from captivity, God gave them a command. He said, hey, take all the gold and all the jewels and all the fine yarn and silk and all this stuff that you can find, the good wood, the acacia wood, the leathers that whatever you might, just the mysterious leathers that he was talking about that are dyed red but of good value. All of these things take with you when you leave Egypt. And they gathered them up and they left. And then God asks the people of Israel to contribute to building his first temple. 
in Exodus chapter 35 that we read today. He says, take all these things that you brought with you all this time ago and bring it to me and let's build something with it. And so the Israelites learned the value that day of contributing to God's kingdom with what they had. And that's our final tip in our series, if, that if you want to thrive in life, tip number seven is this, contribute to the cause. If you want to thrive in life, contribute to the cause. I don't know what cause that might be for you, but I can promise you this, that your life is never going to be full until you do. Contribution is a pillar of anything that you might be involved in. That thing, that organization, that family is dependent upon your contribution in order to thrive. And your life, believe it or not, is dependent upon your contribution to something else in order to thrive as well. There's a bigger goal here. There's a bigger picture. Around here, I like to say a lot, we like to say as a church, that God's ultimate purpose for your life is to make a difference in the life of someone else. That's God's purpose for every person in this room, every person that's listening to this podcast later. Your purpose, if you've ever asked that question, why was I created? Here it is. Your life is meant to make a difference in someone else's life. That's the pinnacle of Christianity. It's not standing up here and preaching It's making a difference in someone else's life. And the way that you might contribute that is different. It may vary, but it always answers the question, why was I created? The answer is always to make a difference, to contribute to something that is bigger than yourself. And there's this danger that if you become like Uncle Rico coming to the cookout, not bringing his side dish, there's this this danger that, that... You always rely on everyone else to bring theirs, but you're not bringing yours. Here's the danger in that. What if everybody thought like that? What if in every area of your life, everybody thought like that? Well, I don't need to bring anything. Someone else is going to. Somebody, they have it covered. I don't have to contribute. I can just show up because everybody else is contributing enough. The danger is, what if everybody else thought like that? What if you were going to have a cookout and every person thought, you know what, I don't have to bring anything today. And everybody shows up and doesn't bring anything. (laughs) That would be a sore cookout. I'd be upset. But nobody to blame but me. If everybody thought like that and everybody showed up with nothing in hand, what a sad day that would be. And that's the danger of the mindset. (laughs) The danger of the mindset is that you can find yourself slipping into this realm of thinking in the greater areas of your life that, ah, someone else is going to take care of that. Adult children that live on their parents' couch, sitting around, eating all their food, playing video games. Some of y'all are like, oh, testify. Eating all their food, playing their video games, never helping with the upkeep of the house, never contributing to the success of the family. You know what we call them? Moochers. <laughs> Some of y'all are like, I'd call them homeless. You know what I mean? Get out of here. 
Pro, yeah, some of y'all got it. Pro athletes on a, I don't, that's funny, I don't care what you say. Pro athletes on a sports team that have quit contributing to the sports team's success. They probably have a bad attitude. They're doing nothing to help the team. You know what we call them? Cut, released, free agents, working professionals that have quit contributing to the success of their company. They quit showing up on time. They're coasting by on all their work. They're letting things slip through the cracks. They have poor customer service. You know what we call them? Unemployed. Church members in America, walk or they walk in about the second song. Yeah, I know. I, these lights are bright, but I can still see you. Walking in about the second song. Slip in, slip out right at 12.05, don't talk to anyone, don't contribute financially, don't serve on a team, don't establish any relationships, don't think about church again for another six days. You know what we call them? Normal. We call it normal. Everything else, there's a value of contribution, but when you think about your church, we say, well, only the special people contribute there. I don't need to. Someone else is going to take care of it. This is the norm in America. And it's not like that everywhere. Everywhere is not as blessed as we are to be able to, to do this every single Sunday. But, but this is in America, when it comes to church, most Americans have adopted the perspective of, the, of a consumer. What can church do for me? Rather than, how can I contribute to what my spiritual family, my church, is doing in my community? And there's this mindset that somehow, magically, the church is just always going to be there. Like, if, if it's God's will, then the church is always just going to make it. If it's God's will, it's going to be all right. The church is going to be fine. They don't need me. And this is a dangerous mindset. Well, I don't have anything to I don't have anything to bring to the table. So everybody else is going to bring plenty. Well, I don't have to pray for that person. Ah, someone else will. I don't need to share the good news of Jesus with that person. If God wants them saved, he'll send somebody else that's more equipped. I don't need to invest financially into the church. Everyone else is going to pay the bills. And maybe there's going to be some left over to bless our community with. In every other area of society, we see the need for contribution. But when it comes to the church in the kingdom of God, we see it as optional. And this morning, I want to challenge you. And I want to encourage you through this word that, that this world, your life, will never thrive until you start living this value Start living this tip, this, that in order to thrive, you need to find a cause and contribute to it. In order for your life to thrive, you need to contribute to the cause. And we have three points this morning around contributing to the cause. First one is this, that you have a mission to join. You have a mission to join. Your purpose is to participate. Your purpose is to participate. You've, you have always been meant to find and join a mission that is greater than yourself, that is bigger than yourself. And that's why you spend all, you've spent all these years searching, because you've not found it yet. Because you think that if I can just get this, and if I can just acquire this, and if I can just buy this house, if I can just have this job, if I can just ha finally get this girlfriend, if I can do this or that, 
and you're searching for what you need, but what you really need is to give of yourself. You need to contribute to something that is bigger than you. Here's what the Apostle Paul writes about the importance of each person in the church and each person in the kingdom of God. He says this in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. The body is not made up of one part, but of many. And he goes on to talk about how each body part is valuable and each part has a meaningful purpose. And how the body cannot function at its best unless each part is working for the health of the body. It's like, it's like your own body. If your organs aren't working all, all, all the way, if, if one organ's not contributing, your body's not going to be at, at peak condition. It's the same way that Paul is writing here. The body of Christ, without your contribution, without you taking time and investing some of yourself into it, The body of Christ is not going to function as it needs to. Something's going to be missing. You, You are the body part that is called to contribute to the health of the body. I know somebody that preached a message one time about this subject around the body of Christ and the dangers of being separated from the working of the body. And, and he went out and he got these different, these different amputated body parts. Uh, it, was, it was real horrific. He tried to get them from the morgue, but the state of Georgia told him that he could not do that. You just can't take amputated body parts and display them on your stage. He was like, well, that's a bummer. So he went and got special effects artists to create for him all of these amputated, realistic-looking body parts. And it was horrible, and it was disgusting, and it was, like the, it was on Halloween. So it was like the scariest Halloween ever. And he talked about the danger of not being connected to the body of Christ and the cause that we're contributing to when we join with the body. By the way, you're welcome for not displaying up here amputated body parts for you all to enjoy this morning. Don't ever tell me I don't love you. But the danger is still there. You can't thrive. And the body of Christ can't function. And this church cannot continue to operate if you are not finding a way to take your place and play whatever part you should be playing in this mission. There's a mission that you're called to. And I would be missing it if I didn't tell you the truth that that serving God by serving His church is the most fulfilling and most eternally significant thing that you're ever going to be able to do with your life. You can search, you can try to find it, but I'm telling you that this is the most significant way to make an eternal difference in the lives of other people. And I'm not saying that because we need you to serve here at the church. We got a great team. We got a great team. We, in fact, we call them the crew, and they're amazing. And we have special nights to celebrate them, like the crew al You see that plug there? Shameless plug. And if you want to join the crew, you can go to the crew al But... But the real blessing is this, that all of us aren't serving in order to accomplish what has to be done here and keep the lights on and all that stuff. That's a byproduct. But we're serving because we found the joy in it. We found the fulfillment that our lives were missing by, by, by serving other people. You know, all of you may never be a pastor. In fact, most of you won't be a pastor But that's okay because not everyone is called to pastor. 
But everyone is called to serve others in some way. The calling on your life is somehow to serve other people. And we make it real easy for you. We just, that's one of the pillars of our church is, is, is our crew. There it goes again. And that's one of the things that we try to do is make it easy for people to make a difference in their life. Because I want more for you than I want from you. And this is going to help you thrive. We have a cultural distinctive, we call it, uh, amongst our serve team that we have, we have four of them. And one of them is that we are spiritual contributors as opposed to being a spiritual consumer. The average American is a spiritual consumer. They come to the church on Sunday and say, what can the church do for me? But we're contributors. Our team is contributors saying, what can I bring to someone else this Sunday? How can I add value to someone else's life this Sunday? Because we have a saying that says, saved people serve people. And so we do. And we love it. And we wouldn't miss another minute of it. But there is a mission. There is a mission. There is some mission right now in your life. And you are called to join it. Consider this your invitation. Number two. Number two. Point number two. You have a, you have a gift to contribute. Not only do you have a mission to accomplish. You have a, you, a mission to join. You have a gift to contribute. You may have a hard time recognizing it. Because of what people have said to you over the years. Because of how people have treated you over the years. Treated you like an outcast. Treating you, treated you like not enough. You might have a hard time recon, recognizing it. But you have something to offer the people around you. I tell people all the time, you're a 10 out of 10 at something. Like I tell the teenagers and I don't know if they, they probably, <laughs> I say teenagers. Like young 20s will get this still. You're the goat at something. There is something in your life that you are the greatest of all time. And it would be such a travesty if you were to not use your gifts and add value to the people around you. You have been created on purpose, with purpose, for a purpose. That means that the creator of the universe uniquely created you for a reason. And he gave you your personality, all the quirks that come with it. He gave you your specific innate talents and gifts, your divine spiritual enablements. Because you've got them. And he gave them to you in order to accomplish this purpose that he's created you for. And this is true for every single person. Every person has something that God has enabled them to contribute. And what a travesty would be. For you not to share your gift with the world. In fact, Hebrews chapter 13 verse 16 says this. Don't neglect to do good and share what you have. For such sacrifices are pleasing to God. God has given you what you need in order to accomplish the mission that he has tasked you for. And if you don't have it right now, he'll make sure you have it when it comes time. That's just how he works. Anything that God is calling you to, he is, he is equipping you for it as well. There's a, there's a saying that says that God, excuse me, God doesn't call the qualified, that God qualifies, he qualifies them. God doesn't call the qualified, he qualifies the called. That means if he's got a calling for your life, it doesn't matter if you think you've got what it takes or not. He's going to make sure that you do. 
Before God asked for his temple to be constructed, he first gave people gifts to contribute, the Israelites. He, he said, take these with you because you're going to need them. And he gave people gifts to contribute. Before he asked for a place to build, he first placed a gift of craftsmanship inside certain people. He placed a gift of creativity inside certain people. He placed a gift of leadership inside certain people. And not even just the gifts. God gave the Israelites access to the resources that they would need. The gold, the jewels, the fabrics. In order to build the temple. And to build it well. Before he actually invited people to contribute to the building. The point here is that God has portioned to you something... And he is calling you to contribute your gift. There's two ways that you can contribute to what, this, what, what a cause is doing. The first one is this, that you can contribute your talent. You can contribute your talent to it. What are you good at? What are you good at? Hey, do you, do you sing? Do you play an instrument? Our worship team is never full. It's real empty today. <laughs> it's just me. Our worship team is never full. And if this stage was full, it still wouldn't be full. Because we make ways to create spaces for people to use their gifts to make a difference in the world. I would love to never have to lead worship again. I'm just going to say it. Not because I don't like it. I love doing it. But I would love to never have to do it again. Because I would love so much more for someone else to live in their calling that God has on their life. Maybe something less up front. Are you good with managing a multitude of tasks? Are you the most organized person that you know? And all the husbands said, no. There, but there are places for you to serve and contribute to this mission. We need organized people to help administrate teams and projects and events. Maybe you love kids. Our kids team is completely amazing. And we are actively brainstorming ideas that will let you serve with the kids even if you aren't 18 yet because we want to we don't want to hold anybody back from their purpose. We're always creating spaces. Maybe maybe you're good at making people feel welcome in a place. Maybe making them feel like this is home. No matter what your gift is, we have room for you at the table. And if it doesn't look like it, if it, doesn't, if it looks like all the spots are, are full, we're going to get a bigger table. And we're going to make room for you too. We want you to be able to contribute your talent. And then you could also, to, to, your, to your cause, you can contribute your treasure. Do you have more than enough? That's the question. Not like, not like do you have... You, you can go and, and, and eat out at Malone's Steakhouse every day of the month, but do you have more than what you need? Maybe it's time for you to begin investing in other people's eternity. You, you've heard the term probably before, ROI. It's a business term that stands for return on investment, meaning what kind of payout is an investor going to get from the money that they put in, an ROI. Well, here... In the church, we operate in the business of EROI, the eternal return on investment. And when you financially contribute to what our church is doing, you're going to get an eternal return on investment for your dollars, for your finances. And this is the kind of investment that Jesus urges people to pursue. 
In Matthew chapter 6, verse 19, he says this, Don't store up for yourselves treasure on earth, where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves can break in and steal it, but store up for yourselves treasure in heaven, in eternal ROI. Where moths and vermin don't destroy it, where thieves can't break in and steal it. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The money that you give to to make a difference in someone's life eternally, that's going to meet up with you one day in heaven. You might not see it here, but when you get on the other side of this life, you're going to see every single dollar that you ever gave to God's kingdom and to God's mission. And you're going to be thankful that you did. If you have more enough than enough, then, may, then pray about how, how can you financially contribute to the mission here at Summit View. I, I've said it since the launch of this church that the vision of Summit View is always paced by the generosity of its people. So you want to see us do more projects in the community. So do we. Let's financially partner together and see what we can do. You want to, you want to see us own our own building one day. And have a hub for people to come in and, and, and have ministry and support our community. Hey, so do we. Let's financially partner together. Contribute financially. And let's see what we can do. Greater vision means greater generosity and obedience from all of us. Whatever it is, whether it's talents or your treasure, you have a gift to contribute And then finally, number three, you have an invitation to accept. You have an invitation to accept. It's more than a command. It's an invitation. And I frame it that way because sometimes command gets a bad connotation Can I get some Landon music up here? Help me wind this thing down. Sometimes command gets a bad connotation, a bad rap. People don't love to obey commands, but as much as this is a command from God, this is an invitation from God to experience something that is so far beyond your current reality. Exodus chapter 35 verse 20 says this. And this is right the, this is at the end of the passage that we just read. And I want to I want you to see the people's response to God's invitation. Bring what you've got. Let's build this temple. Exodus chapter 35 verse 20 says, "Then the whole Israelite community withdrew from Moses' presence." And everyone go on to the next one. Verse 21. Sorry. Oh, it's not up there. I'll read it to you. And they withdrew from Moses' presence. And everyone who was willing and whose heart moved them came and brought an offering to the Lord for the work on the tent of meeting, for all its service and for the sacred garments. And everyone who was willing and whose heart was moved, it was an invitation. Because I'm sure there were people that their heart wasn't moved. I'm sure there was people, there were people that, that aren't willing. And I'm sure this morning that there's probably people in here that are not willing. There's probably people that their heart, your heart's not moved. 
But you've received an invitation today. God is inviting you to participate in his My prayer for you is this. I pray that you would be willing and that your heart would be moved. I pray that your heart would be moved by the brokenness of our community so that you would want to do your part. Not share the burden, but to eradicate the burden off of other people's lives. I pray that your heart would be moved by the one person that might be sitting here today that feels all alone that steps through these doors and have the, has the potential to have their life changed and has their, have their hope restored, all because you chose to take a step closer to God and contribute to what He's doing. I pray that your heart would be moved to no longer sit here week after week watching as this community sits stagnant and as you're preached a good message, but that you would have the passion and the vigor to contribute to the cause and contribute to eternal change in someone else's life. There's a call to action this morning, and this is it. Find some way to contribute to what God is doing here. Find some way. Maybe it's starting a financial giving commitment. Maybe you don't have time and you can't be here every weekend, but you can still contribute to what is happening. Because we can't go any further. Like, like, your gift is going to enable our vision to grow and to go. Maybe you don't have the financial means to consistently partner with us in that way, but you do have a gift. You have a talent that you can contribute that has the potential to change the course of someone else's life. The call to action is to contribute something to the cause of Christ. And I'm making it easy for you, okay? Pop up the next slide. If you have a desire to join our crew, the people that serve, that, 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 that serve and give of themselves on Sundays. If you've got a desire to join the crew and begin to serve, real easy. You can pull out your phone and you can just scan that QR code on the screen that under serve. And it's just going to pop up. It's gonna, you're going to give it access to messages if you're an iPhone user. If not, we're praying for you because uh, whatever. But you can just scan that code. And it's going to create a text message to go to this number, 606-721-0520. And it's going to text the word serve. Or if you're, you know, don't want to scan the QR code, you can just text that word serve to that phone number. And it's going to get back with you at, the, at this message and you'll fill out a form and you're going to let us know so that someone will reach out to you so that you can begin to contribute of yourself to what's happening here. If you want to start partnering with us financially, you can scan the QR code on the right. And it'll take you right to summitview.online slash give. And it's going to be an easy way. If you've never given before, it'll, you'll go through it and you'll set your account up one time. Secure giving. We, I, we, we don't know all your bank information and all that. And you can start giving financially to this mission. 
But if you want your life to thrive, even if it's outside of this church, you got to learn, you got you to gotta contribute to a cause that is bigger than yourself. Your life will be forever changed when you learn the joy of making a difference in the lives of other people. Well, thanks for joining us today. I pray that this message had an incredible impact on your life. If you want more information about our church, you can check us out online at summitview.online. We hope we get to see you on a Sunday very, very soon. But until then, have a great week.